Hi, this is Peter Schwartz, public address announcer for the Cosmos, and you're listening to the First Team Podcast. Hello, Cosmos Country. On this week's episode, I will discuss the latest Cosmos news and over 100 U.S. soccer clubs are in support of promotion and relegation. The New York Cosmos have officially released the preseason schedule, and it is as follows. On March 15th, this past Friday at 5 p.m., the New York Cosmos have defeated Hofstra University at Hofstra Soccer Stadium of a score of 4-0. On March 21st, at a to-be-dated location and time, they will play Queens University. March 26th at 8 p.m., the Cosmos will take on Adelphi University. On April 5th at 11 a.m. versus LIU Brooklyn at Mitchell Athletic Complex. April 10th versus Fordham University at Coffee Field. And April 16th, 7 p.m. versus St. John's at Belson Stadium. The first match was... Uh, a great scoreline, we won 4-0. And my problem with preseason is I wish the Cosmos would play semi-pro, local semi-pro clubs, local professional clubs, instead of playing a full slate of college teams. And there's nothing wrong with college soccer teams. I know the Cosmos management would probably come back at me and say, well, they're talented uh, teams, they have talented players, and they probably do. And Major League Soccer clubs lower division soccer clubs in the United States, they do play college teams, but that's not their whole preseason schedule. One or two, maybe three matches, that's not bad. But the whole preseason schedule, the Cosmos are going to blow away these teams. They're going to win by big margins. 4-0 in the first match, maybe against LAU Brooklyn, maybe it's going to be a higher score against Fordham, against St. John's, maybe... They're going to win by a higher score. And I know preseason is not about results. It's not about if you won the match or not. It's more about fitness and about the players. I know Carlos Menes talked about how there was trialists with the club, and he has a big decision to make, and I'll get to that a bit later. But I wish the Cosmos would have better competition in preseason instead of playing a full slate of college teams. And I do understand that uh, they're playing not in a league sanctioned by the United States Soccer Federation. And in my opinion, I don't think that matters, but it's a very tight um, preseason. It's a very short preseason uh, because they opened it in March, but they can't travel across the country or around the world, even if they wanted to, because they need to play the matches in the MPSL Classic season in April. Carlos Menez had this to say on the 4-0 victory over Hofstra University at Hofstra Soccer Stadium on Friday night. We have some things to work on, but overall, very happy with the guys, the effort, the attitude. These games are never easy. For the first time, the guys getting out there in a real game, the level was good. We have some things to work on, but overall, very happy with the guys, the effort, the attitude. These games 
are never easy, very happy. And I did mention that Carlos Mendez is going to have a tough decision because there are some trialists that played in the match and will play in upcoming preseason matches. And I have to note that all preseason matches are open to the public. So you can go in, take in some Cosmos preseason matches and share the word on social media because not everyone will be able to make it out to preseason matches. Take it in, enjoy enjoy preseason um, soccer, and then hopefully we're all looking forward to the season and hopefully winning a championship uh, this summer. Carlos Menes had this to say on the several trialists in preseason. It made it more difficult. The good thing is that we have a couple of games coming up. We have a long preseason, a full preseason, where we can really get to see guys and understand. So I think we're in a great situation. It's a good problem to have when you have a lot of players, guys competing for spots. It makes our decision, my decision, difficult. But that's what you want as a coach, as a staff. Michael Lewis of FrontRowSoccer.com and other journalists have reported on social media that the Cosmos will sign Albanian national team captain, and I can report that and confirm that uh, from my source, that the Cosmos will sign the Albanian national team captain. The 36-year-old, a goalie, will join the MPSL side next week. Michael Lewis is citing uh, Albanian website, supersport.al. A goalie can play as a left back or left midfielder. He could be in a position to train with the team as early as Monday. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the Albanian national team captain join the New York Cosmos sometime next week. And uh, there's a lot more signings coming up and and exciting names, names that uh, you will see uh, that I can't mention, but names that uh, might have played for Major League Soccer and might have played for clubs abroad. So I'm looking forward to the Cosmos filling out the final roster spots and uh, playing some more preseason matches and getting the season underway. I would love the Cosmos to go really far in the U.S. Open Cup because uh, that's what we want to see, or that's what I want to see. I would love to see the Cosmos go far in the U.S. Open Cup because over the past couple of seasons, that has always been a goal. I believe that Giovanni Savarese has always thought that that was one of his main targets as well. As the Cosmos, you can win the championship of your league each year, but that doesn't give you more money as a club. You don't get prize money. That doesn't raise your brand to a higher level. You can't get promoted to the next level. I want to see the Cosmos win championships, but the point I'm trying to make is that the U.S. Open Cup is basically the championship of America. It's that you're the best team in America. You competed against every single team from each level, from amateur, semi-pro, professional. You beat Major League Soccer teams, amateur teams, semi-pro teams. And to win the U.S. Open Cup, maybe not to Major League Soccer fans and clubs, I think it's still a great trophy to win, a great competition that should be taken seriously. Across the world, their domestic trophy, like the FA Cup, it might not be taken as seriously. People don't care about that that much because there's a lot of money in their league. But in U.S. soccer, that's what a lot of fans care for. They care for the U.S. Open Cup. They want to see that taken seriously by all clubs at all levels. And I would love to see Carlos Mendez and the coaching staff take the U.S. Open Cup seriously this season. Rocco and the management and Joe Barone, they're putting a lot of resources and fielding a very competitive team. And the Cosmos should, and each season, they should compete 
on all fronts. And they should feel a strong team in all competitions. Last season, I think the New York Cosmos got knocked out by uh, a team from, I believe it's the PDL, Philadelphia Union Reserve Team. That was a sad day. That was a sad day in uh, Cosmos country, but hopefully we can uh, have a better tournament this season in 2019. Some weird news um, coming from FrontRowSoccer.com. Again, Michael Lewis, great reporter. You should check him out. He covers New York soccer, New York Cosmos, Red Bulls, NYCFC, uh, NWSL, Sky Blue FC, um, all different uh, leagues, college, amateur. He has you all covered on FrontRowSoccer.com. Michael Lewis reported that the New York Cosmos offered Mike Grilla a contract to play this season, but the former Red Bulls midfielder turned what would be the closest thing to his hometown team down. Instead, Grilla decided to call it a career at the age of 32. So we all know that Mike Grilla, he played for the New York Red Bulls, and according to Michael Lewis, um, the Cosmos offered a contract to Mike to play this season, but he turned it down and he announced his retirement. Mike Grilla, after the Red Bulls 4-1 win over the San Jose Earthquakes at Red Bull Arena Saturday night, said the Cosmos were interested. I just decided that it was time for me to move on. It was not so much the deal that they offered me or anything like that. The Cosmos is a great club. I would be very proud to be a part of that organization in some shape or form. It was time for me to move on. I was not enjoying playing anymore because I had too many complications. I was hindered a lot at the time. The last two years were difficult health-wise. It's great to see that the Cosmos are offering contracts to local guys saying come play for your local team. Cosmos Country, I would like to get your thoughts on this uh, news story because across the world, some fans don't like rival uh, players joining their team. For example, Arsenal. I don't think they want a Tottenham Hotspur player to join their club. It's probably the same thing with the New York Cosmos. Would you want a Red Bulls player to join the New York Cosmos one day? It could have happened with Mike Grilla, but he decided to retire because he had too many complications. So I don't want to make it out that it's the Cosmos. He said that the Cosmos were interested and the Cosmos is a great club. I would be very proud to be a part of that organization in some shape or form. So uh, I guess you got to give him some credit for talking great about the Cosmos name. But I don't think U.S. soccer is like that. Because across the world, like I said, Mike Grilla would never, ever, ever join the New York Cosmos because he would get so much hate. He would get so much backlash on social media and maybe in everyday life. But like I said, I don't think it's like that here. Fans are loyal to their club, but I don't think they're that loyal to the point where they would get mad. I think fans here are loyal and they support their team through thick and thin and they maybe they travel to away matches and things like that. But I don't think um, fans would get that mad if a player from the Red Bulls signed um, or a player from NYCFC signed. I think at the end of the day, a player is a player, right? So he's a talented player. He's playing in Major League Soccer, so he has to have something uh, to his game. I would like to get your thoughts on that. So you can tweet us at First Team Pod, email the show at firstteampod at gmail.com. Let's move on to um, the topic of promotion and relegation. And uh, I know a lot of people 
hate this topic because they think that pro roll is never going to work. I saw on Twitter that someone said that promotion relegation uh, stops investment. It stops investment in professional soccer or in soccer in general. I don't know where that guy's coming from. Promotion and relegation doesn't stop investment. It creates investment. It gives a reason for people to invest money into soccer in this country at all levels. Not just professional soccer, amateur soccer, semi-pro soccer, professional soccer. And I'll give you this example, right? When Seamus O'Brien brought back the New York Cosmos, we won the league for the first time in our first season. We didn't get promoted, right? We didn't get promoted. And I know the Cosmos at that time were putting all the eggs in one basket to uh, play in their own soccer-specific stadium or their own soccer district, basically, with a soccer stadium. I think it was a movie theater, restaurants, uh, supermarkets, right? They were bringing something to the community there on the border of Queens and Long Island. So the point I'm trying to make is that the Cosmos had a vision. They had a project. And it didn't work out. And I'm not saying that it didn't work out because we didn't have promotion relegation, but that's probably one of the factors. And two, because we didn't get that stadium. But if the Cosmos at that time would have got promoted, then we would have played at the highest level in the top flight, most likely got bigger revenues, and we could sustain paying for Marco Senna. We can sustain over the next couple of seasons paying for Raul. We were in a second division league, and I'm not talking about different divisions. Like, it doesn't matter to me. But we were playing in a second division league, North American Soccer League, and we were paying big fees for Raul, for Marco Senna. And at the time, we loved it. We were signing big-name players, and I think the Cosmos always need big-name players. And we're seeing that right now with uh, the New York Cosmos signing uh, the Albanian national team player. And he's not on the same level as Raul, but... Throughout each era of the New York Cosmos, we had a big-name player. From day one in the modern era, we had Marco Senna. Then we had Raul. Then we had Nico Kronjar. Daniel Workman, and I'm going to give him credit here. You can go on his website, danielworkman.com slash USSF letter. So what he did was he wrote a letter, and he posted on social media that he wanted clubs to sign this letter, and then he was going to deliver this letter to the U.S. Soccer Federation President Carlos Guadero, FIFA President and FIFA Executive Committee. I believe he hand-delivered it to Miami where they were having some sort of meeting for FIFA. And uh, he emailed it to all of those people, like the FIFA Executive Committee, U.S. Soccer President Carlos Guadero. And I'm going to read out the letter to the United States Soccer Federation President. And if you are an owner of a soccer club at any level in U.S. soccer, or if you know of any soccer club, if you're a supporter, demand that club to sign this letter. So it states, we, the undersigned, write to you as the president of the U.S. Soccer Federation to request a dialogue with you about the critical importance of the U.S. Soccer Federation complying with the FIFA's Article 9 on promotion and relegation. We do so in the context of and support for the filing made by Kingston Stock Kid FC and the Miami FC in the Court of Arbitration for Sport in 2017. As president of U.S. Soccer, you deserve huge credit for succeeding in bringing the World Cup to the United States in 2026. As you have said, we have first-class stadiums and infrastructure, and you've described our second division 
as arguably the best in the world. And he's not talking about the NASL. He was talking about the USL. But as president of U.S. soccer, you know that despite major sporting progress since 1994, the failure rate of clubs and leagues across the United States soccer landscape vastly exceeds any other country in the world. Dozens of team owners from multiple leagues have seen their investments go to waste and hundreds, if not thousands of players, have seen their potential unrealized. In global soccer terms, this situation is unique. And it's a function of the closed model we have in the U.S. The experience of over 200 FIFA member associations shows that sporting merit exercised through an open system is not a barrier to investment into the game. Instead, it is the key to unlock investment in the game and provide equal opportunities for all. Given your stated ambition to grow the game in an exclusive way, we humbly request a dialogue with you about the benefits of an open system for U.S. soccer and how we can work with you to comply with FIFA's rules and more importantly, unlock the potential of the beautiful game in the United States. We understand Kingston Stockheed FC and the Miami FC have been outspoken about their efforts to bring the issue of Article 9 and promotion and relegation to the attention of the U.S. Soccer Federation and FIFA. Let it be known that they are not the only clubs that want to see this happen. An open system is something clubs, players, and fans across the United States want to see in U.S. soccer. Thank you for your time. I just want to thank Daniel Workman for putting this out there and, and getting all these clubs to sign up because a lot of people talk about promotion and relegation on social media, on blogs, and they put out their plan to implement promotion and relegation. And you can't talk about your plan to implement promotion and relegation without talking to the stakeholders and getting the stakeholders together to even talk about the idea of promotion and relegation. Because in U.S. soccer, and I know a lot of people don't want to hear this, but there's a lot of leagues doing different things. I believe that Major League Soccer, they're never going to introduce, and I don't think it's their role to introduce it, but I don't think they will ever be a part of a promotion and relegation system, even if they open the pyramid, right? Because they are right to a certain point for their league that owners invested a certain amount of money with the knowledge that they're not going to lose their investment, that, that they're not going to be relegated. For example, say um, the Cowboys, say the NFL wants that promotion relegation, and one owner, the Cowboys owner, I forgot his name, I think it's Jerry Jones, say he invests a billion dollars into the Cowboys to build a brand new stadium and um, to sign great players. He wants to win the Super Bowl. And then the next season, they implement promotion relegation. So now he might lose his investment, but he signed a contract and he signed on knowing that he's not going to lose that investment and his team, his business is going to stay in the top flight and he's always going to get national TV revenues and it sort of pays off um, for all the money that he invested and that's the problem with Major League Soccer is that I think that they're never going to be a part of um, a promotion and relegation structure within U.S. soccer. Whenever the floodgates are open, whenever 
FIFA or U.S. Soccer whenever they open the pyramid and they get promoted based on sporting merit. It will be a long time for Major League Soccer to be a part of that because the owners don't fully own their team 100%. So the thought of amateur or semi-pro teams playing in Major League Soccer as the top flight, that's never going to happen. Because like I said, the owners don't own their their team 100% in Major League Soccer. They're only operators. I don't know what the official term is, but they only operate the club. They operate a club in that market. It's like a franchise. It's like owning McDonald's. You only operate a location in Times Square. You only operate a location in Minnesota somewhere, things like that. So that's the point I'm trying to make is that I am in favor, and I know probably everyone at First Team Podcast is in favor of promotion and relegation, but it all starts with the conversation with the U.S. soccer president. And we all know that Carlos Guadero, he didn't even want to talk to Rocco Camiso about a new league that he was going to invest $500 million. And it was 250 from him. I think it was about $50 million from Ricardo Silva and from Robert Palmer from Jacksonville Armada. But a $500 million investment into U.S. soccer would be massive into a new league would be massive. But Carlos Guadero, he didn't even want to sit down and talk about that. And ESPN FC were running headlines on that. We're running articles. Carlos Guadero doesn't want to sit down with Rocco Camiso. Why would he want to sit down with the everyday soccer fan, with the everyday soccer stakeholder? That's probably not a billionaire. That's probably not a millionaire. Like I said, everyday person that loves soccer, that lives, breeds soccer. Why would Carlos Guadero want to sit down with that person? Why would he even want to talk to that person? We all know that I called Sunil Galati. And I recorded that audio. I won't put it out there, but I have it. And I wrote an article on firstteampodcast.com. You can check it out, firstteampod.com. My three minutes with uh, my three minute chat with Sunil Galati. And he was talking to me like I wasn't worth anything. Like he was better than me because he's the U.S. soccer president and he's a professor at Columbia University. Like I'm not good enough to talk to him, to be on the phone with him. And I know for a fact that's how these people operate. They don't want to talk to you. They're better than you. I hope that changes, right? I really hope that changes. Um, We have over 100 soccer clubs in the United States at all levels. And I know a lot of people on social media have been saying, well, release the clubs. We want to know what club signed it. Why do you want to know the clubs? It doesn't matter what club signed this letter. It could be 100 UPSL clubs. It could be 50 MPSL clubs and a handful of USL and lower division clubs, most likely a lot of state league clubs. They all matter. All these clubs matter. If you're in a state league, if you're... In the UPSL, if you're in the MPSL, it doesn't matter where you are in the U.S. soccer pyramid. But the number one fact is, is the only way you can get to the next level is if you have more money. And clubs are not going to have more money unless there's promotion and relegation, right? Because if you own a club in a state league, that state league or that state association, they're not making it easy for you. There's no prize money to be won. There is no regional or national TV deal to be had. Or there's no time on TV. I know in England, they have some uh, early rounds of the FA Cup on TV. 
And just for you being on TV, you get a TV fee. These clubs, if they win or lose, it doesn't matter. They get a TV fee. They're on TV. That doesn't work in U.S. soccer. Why can't U.S. soccer, if there's promotion relegation, why can't they sell like three, four divisions of TV rights and say, hey, show the third division game on one weekend and give them a TV right fee? Or the U.S. Open Cup in the early rounds, give them a TV right fee. Say, hey, here's 20000 for the game, for one game. Here's twenty grand for each team. So it's forty grand for one match. There's a team in England called Ackerton Stanley. I think they're in the third or fourth division. I believe it's League Two. That's the professional division, but it is the fourth division. They won a match in the FA Cup, and they earn over a hundred grand. Let that sink in. One match, a fourth division club, they earn a hundred grand, over a hundred grand. The U.S. Open Cup champion gets a six-figure prize money. But in the FA Cup, a fourth division team, they didn't win it. They got knocked out eventually. But they got six figures for one game. And that's just the U.S. Open Cup. This is promotion relegation that we're talking about here. About this letter to the U.S. Soccer Federation president. I hope that all the stakeholders can get together and talk about a way, the number one way, that we can make U.S. soccer in this country um, more successful maybe more popular, because I think the main thing is, and the sad fact is, that not every community will have a soccer team. I think Don Garber likes that. That's their business model, is that not every community will have a soccer team. And the reason why Don Garber and Major League Soccer Management like that is because the expansion fee is higher each time. Maybe the league is successful, earning a lot more money, more people watching it, more people are... Uh, buying tickets, attending matches, right? They're, the interest level for the league probably is at a very high level. I believe FC Cincinnati on a street near their stadium, they like flooded the whole stadium with fans and they were marching to the field. So Major League Soccer, they're excited that every single community can't have a soccer team or they can't have a soccer team at the highest level because not everyone is going to pay two, three hundred million. But across the world, every single community has their own soccer team at different levels, but they have their own soccer team. And that's a fact that we all have to understand, that it doesn't matter what league your local team is in. If it's in a a, a pub league, a Sunday league, a state league, whatever you want to call it, if it's in a semi-pro league, MPSL, UPSL, USL, a new league NISA, Major League Soccer, support your local team. They need your support. And I think a lot of people think like, oh, just because my local team is in a state league, they don't matter. Or they don't need my support. Well, yeah, they do. Because if this was promotion and relegation, they could have a chance to, to, to play in the top flight. They can have a chance to make it through the semi-pro and that and go to the professional levels. But just because we don't have promotion and relegation, they can't make it to the next level. They still need your support. Like in this letter on DanielWorkman.com. But as the president of U.S. Soccer, you know that despite major sporting progress since 1994, the failure rate of clubs and leagues across the U.S. soccer landscape vastly exceeds any other country in the world. Dozens of team owners from multiple leagues have seen their investments go to waste and hundreds, if not thousands of players, have seen their potential unrealized. I want to tell you that you matter. The soccer fan matters. You're the most important part of U.S. soccer. And it's not just 
clubs that should demand this. Imagine if we had fans. Imagine if we had a petition online. I think it's like chance.org or petition.org. If you can have a petition with a million people or or a couple hundred thousand people signing a petition saying that the United States Soccer Federation have to sit down and discuss promotion and relegation because it's not just us demanding it, right? It's not just some fans and some clubs, owners, and management demanding that uh, U.S. soccer should implement promotion and relegation as soon as possible. It's a FIFA law. It's one of FIFA's laws, FIFA Article 9, on promotion and relegation, and U.S. soccer does not comply. How do they get away with that? How does U.S. soccer get away with that? Johnny Infantino, the FIFA president, of course he knows that we don't comply. We're going to host the World Cup in 2026. He for sure knows that we don't comply. And I want to know your thoughts. What's your conspiracy theories? Why do you think FIFA is uh, not coming in and saying, U.S. Soccer, for you to uh, host the 2026 World Cup, you need promotion and relegation. But the one thing that I will leave you with is that this conversation will not stop. This debate will not stop. Because the world's media will be in the United States, will be in various cities, in various markets throughout the United States. And by 2026, I can't predict the future. We all can't predict the future. But I can only tell you that this conversation will probably get uh, to the next level. It probably will will go from a letter to more media Alice reporting on it. And hopefully by 2026, we make some progress on the promotion and relegation front. I have some breaking news as I'm recording uh, this episode of First Team Podcast on March 19th, Tuesday night. I just want to tell you that as I'm recording this breaking news, David Beckham's team, uh, David Beckham United FC, Inter Miami, uh, they have won um, the bid to run and operate Lockhart Stadium. I think it's a sad day for U.S. soccer because Lockhart, like I said, is a very historic stadium in U.S. soccer. And uh, for Inter-Miami Football Club, for them to just come in and bulldoze it and knock it down, they're not going to renovate the field. They're not going to keep the historic value in the turf, right? The turf, I know there's bushes everywhere and it doesn't look nice, but when the modern-day strikers were playing there, on that same exact turf, you had the likes of Pelé and Thomas Rongen, Ray Hudson, historic players um, playing on that field. I believe that we should cherish and value historic stadiums. They don't knock down stadiums every single day across the world, but we seem to do that here in the United States. So the breaking news is that uh, Inter-Miami have won the bid to redevelop Lockhart Stadium. David Beckham's club, Inter-Miami, Football club's plan is to uh, knock down Lockhart Stadium and put up their own structure. It's supposed to, uh, I think, house their offices, their academy, their reserve team, which will play in the USL. And I think the Major League Soccer team will play there for at least two seasons. Could be more if they don't build their stadium in Miami. So we have to wait and see on that one. I will answer some listener questions. The first one comes in from at NYC Sports Punk. Hashtag ask the first team. Will you be having Rocco on soon? I wish we could have Rocco on real soon. 
Um, I've been trying to get him on the show or not talking to him personally, but I was talking to his PR guy. And um, it seems like he's quiet at the moment uh, because things are going on. There's lawsuits. The Cosmos are going to play in a brand new league. Maybe we could talk to him later on in the season or maybe later on in the year. Hopefully the Cosmos will have a media day and I will hopefully attend that and maybe have the chance to talk to Rocco there. But if we will talk to Rocco, I will put it on social media. We will notify the listeners and the followers and the fans of the show and the Cosmos um, when we will have Rocco on. Hopefully soon uh, because we want to know his thoughts because we know Rocco has some great opinions and uh, things are changing in sports and U.S. soccer. Things are changing every single day. I would love to get Rocco's take on what's going on in U.S. soccer. And I hope the Cosmos are on that list of clubs that uh, signed on to call for promotion relegation to be implemented as soon as possible. At Open Cup Fan, he said, how many people listen to the show on average? Thanks. We won't be releasing that information to the public because that's more private information behind the scenes at First Team Podcast. Benito said, what ever happened to Rocco? Um, I don't know for sure, but I believe that he's taking a more sit back and see what happens approach. Because before, and I like this, right? A lot of fans didn't like this. Maybe opposing fans didn't like this, that he was talking a lot to the media. So every time something happened, he would be talking. He would be screaming or shouting. I'm not trying to be disrespectful here, but he was getting loud about what was going on. And as a Cosmos fan, we liked that because we didn't have an owner that was that passionate. But I think maybe some people grabbed him or something like that and said, hey, Rocco, and this is not a fact. This is just my opinion. I believe people talked to him and got in his ear and said, hey, Rocco, don't talk that often because maybe you're ruining the lawsuit or maybe you're ruining leverage that we might have. A club owner, it's great to hear from him, right? It's great to hear from Rocco. It's great to hear from other owners throughout the league. But you can't come out every single day and comment on something because things change every single day. But saying that, I would love to have Rocco on the show um, real soon. Like I said earlier, hopefully the Cosmos have media day. And uh, if Rocco is in attendance, I will interview him for the show. And uh, we will post that on social media if we do talk to Rocco Camiso, if that's on the website, firstteampod.com, or on the podcast uh, during the week. So before I end the show, I just want to say one last thing. There's this hashtag going around on Twitter, hashtag Cosmos Carpool. You can help out fellow Cosmos fans in the community to make it to a match they might otherwise miss. In short, what happens is you use this hashtag. You can search on social media, Facebook, Twitter, hashtag Cosmos Carpool, and if you're going to a Cosmos game and have room in your vehicle or looking to get a ride, you can tweet Cosmos Carpool to hook up with other fans and let's represent NYC. You can check out the graphic on social media. It has the hashtag and home matches, away matches, what day, what time, and against what team. So check it out. First Team Pod on Twitter and on Facebook. And I just want to say that be safe when you do this. Right, That's our little... Um, remark there be safe and um, enjoy the New York Cosmos home and away so thanks for tuning into this week's episode I really appreciate it follow First Team Podcast on Twitter and on Facebook at First Team Pod check out our website firstteampod.com and as always 
that's going to be your Cosmos. I'm looking forward to the next preseason match. Hopefully we win, but like I said earlier, it is not about results in preseason. It's about player fitness. It's about team chemistry and team bonding and getting together and being on the same page. So thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I really appreciate it. And as always, let's go New York Cosmos. Yeah, just want to give a shout out to the five points. Borough boys up in the Cosmos and the Cross Island yeah. crew. Uh, uh, yeah, it's New York street and white. What we bleed, you see and fight. Indeed, it seems to be achieving. See, we do and did it right. Cosmo country loving, we above them. I'm just saying. All those lovely somethings come and see it in our playing. The fact of it is, rap from kid attacks, hash and bliss. Reacts, tap, we win. So fast, racking them in. Whether it's tag the wing, going back to the through the mid, cutting the seams. It seems we see anything to be. We got a ball and a dream. Got a ball and a dream. We do. I'm new, it's true. Fancy crew, down for you, no doubt they do. Surrounding you about the views. Like Cues allowed to hear without them dudes. Around my crews, I'm checking that's no excuse. Each session a lesson, it's not about profession. The work's the test, and F's connected like a method. Not breathless after training, something's gotta be corrected. Rushing and acceleration at the start's the most suggested. Infected with greatness, potential is spacious. Out the world, just face it. The work becomes contagious. Some may say we made it, but now we've just begun. Sorry if you hate it, because I can tell you that I'm far from done.